You better All cut right. this out, Nathan. I was going to say we wanted to get you last time, but we couldn't, so we settled for Tommy. And so we just... <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I'll keep my job, so let's cut that out. <laughs> no, that's staying in. <laughs> Tommy, I'm coming for your job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, oh, coming that's coming out. That's coming out. Hey, you just never know. Part of the excitement is you don't ever know till you listen after it's been so dropped. Right. They kept it. their jobs yeah. after the podcast. Yeah. We don't really don't have an approval process. <laughs> just, Should we get one of those. I know, right? <laughs> they trust oh, me a lot. <laughs> Welcome in to another Full Life Conversation. I think so many of these conversations we've had, I'll just say this, I feel this pressure to go into these recordings with talking points and all this preparation, which is all good. Uh, but we get in there and we start talking and end up going places we never imagined we'd go. It's just proof of how God meets us every time. I mean, he said he would, right? And he takes us deeper. And I'm just so grateful for these friends and how we get to experience God together. And today's conversation is no exception whatsoever. Definitely one I know I want to put on repeat because it's just so packed. It really does go to show how much deeper and richer and more full life truly is when we invite Jesus and he meets us right where we are on our journey. So we sat down with our guest, Asbury Church Associate Director of College Ministry, Emily Ishi, who works closely with our co-host of this podcast, Garrett Howell. And I would say if you're like me, you tend to adjust your speed settings and listen to podcasts at 1.5 or two times speed so you can get through them faster. But I'm telling you, eliminate hurry on this one. Here's that conversation. Well, hey, everybody. Hey. Hello. How's it going? Hi. <laughs> Emily, it is great to have you with us. Woo! Emily. Emily, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Emish. Emish. Is it Emish or M Jack now? I think it's still M Jack. Yeah, I was going to say. (laughs) She's like, maiden name Jacqueline, married name Ishi. Emish sounds like Amish. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) And the full name now is Emily Jacqueline Ishi. Emily I don't Jack know that we've ever ever given quite an exuberant welcome to a yeah, guest. Yeah, I know. Before. This is a big deal. Well, you know. We're so excited you're <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's been one of those things, you know, just uh, just trying to get all these incredibly awesome people to come and be on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So Emily, why don't you just kind of share with us what's going on in your life these days? Yeah. Tell us who you are. What's going on? Yeah. Real life for me right now. So I work here at Asbury in the college ministry with Garrett and some Mm -hmm. other wonderful people. So gearing up for summer academy, having all the young people and the interns around, which I'm thrilled for. Um, I just started my first semester of seminary. That's been a big part of real life right now. So just readjusting to being a college student again myself, Mm. which is a lot. Um, Who are you doing that through? What what seminary? Asbury Theological Seminary. Cool. Yeah. Yes. So just started with that, and then doing lots of lots of house projects around our house. Since spring is here with my husband Keller, mm-hmm. and my dog is in heat. That's my final <laughs> real life note. So that's fun. Okay. Wow. In case anyone was wondering. <laughs> we need to wow. pray. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Well, that's, uh, that is all awesome. Um, no, that's so cool that you're, 
you've got a lot going on. Yes. <laughs> you, you mentioned home projects and your dog's in heat. So, yeah. Uh, oh, and seminary. Of, <laughs> on top of, let me finish. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, on top of the job and, and, the, and, and the, the seminary. And you're about to go into another season of Asbury Academy yep. over the summer. Tell us, yeah. um, how is that? How is that looking? How is that? Shaping up. Yeah, we have all of our interns yep. set. That's so we awesome. Have nine interns. We have six girls this summer and three guys. So I am super excited. <laughs> I won the competition this year, and Garrett did not. That we have more girls than guys. So we are right. just we'll thrilled. Next year. <laughs> That's great. No, it's going to be incredible. Yeah, we were praying with one of them over the phone the other day, and just mm -hmm. they're very expectant coming, and yeah. I feel like this is where God wants them to be for those ten weeks, and we're excited to just see him soak up what God's going to do. Very cool. Hey, so let's get into um, Jesus on our journey. Yeah, Luke and, 24. But, but instead of Chris reading it this time. That was something different. Why don't we get Emily to read it? I love it. Because Ooh. she too brought a, an actual Bible. Yes, she did. Yes, right. that's right. So let's, yeah, let's do that. I love it. Awesome. I'm going to be reading Luke 24, 13 through 35. Now the same day, two of them were on their way to a village called Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. Together, they were discussing everything that had taken place. And while they were discussing and arguing, Jesus himself came near and began to walk along with them. They were prevented from recognizing him. Then he asked them, what is this dispute you're having with each other as you are walking? And they stopped walking and looked discouraged. The one named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that happened there in these days? What things? He asked them. So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who is a prophet, powerful in action and speech before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we were hoping that he was the one who was about to redeem Israel. Besides all this, it's the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women from our group astounded us. They arrived early at the tomb, and when they didn't find his body, they came and reported that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they didn't see him. He said to them, How foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted for them the things concerning himself and all the scriptures. They came near the village where they were going, and he gave them the impression that he was going farther. But they urged him, stay with us because it's almost evening, and now the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. It was as he reclined at the table with them that he took the bread, blessed it, and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. But he disappeared from their sight. Then they said to each other, Weren't our hearts burning within us while he was talking with us on the road and explaining the scriptures to us? That very hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and those with them gathered together, who said, The Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Then they began to describe what happened on the road and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. So we read that passage, you know, Emily, I'm thinking of you being here, you know, we work on the college ministry together and literally like me, you, Austin worked on this vision statement in the last year. And we talked about the purpose of the college ministry was to raise up carriers of awakening. Mm -hmm. um, 
So just curious, you know, since that's what you do day in, day out, like it's your college role here is designed to help raise up carries of awakening. When you re- think of the passage we just read, like what is awakening to you? And like, how do you see that at work in this passage? Because to me, this passage is like very mm-hmm. awakening yeah. focused. It's yes. not like a stretch. It's not like, yeah. I could, no, it's like super. So what do you see in this when you think from a college perspective and yeah. this passage on awakening? Love that. I think like what stuck out to me in verse 15, what said, while they were discussing and arguing, Jesus himself came near. And then in verse 16, the very next verse, it says, but they were prevented from recognizing him. And the footnote right there says like their eyes were prevented from recognizing yep. who Jesus was. And then if you fast forward to later in the passage, uh, starting in verse 30, it says, it was as he was reclined at the table with them that he took the bread, blessed it, broke it and gave it to them. Their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Like I see in this passage, like Jesus was near to them, like from the beginning of their journey, mm-hmm. but it was when their eyes were open to him, yeah. I would consider like awakening. Absolutely. So awakening as like Jesus has always been near, but our eyes being open to his nearness. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love that. I think something I completely agree, something building off of that, that I see is it's intriguing to me that these men, Cleopas and the unnamed guy, both already had walked with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So they already had known him. Yeah. So this wasn't the first time their eyes were open to him being with them, which tells me awakening may be something we re-experience. Yeah. It's not like I've known Jesus. I've been, my eyes have been open. It's like, well, there might be new awakenings in new yes. seasons. Yeah. Um, really makes me think of a lot of like what you and others teach the college students about of like, hey, like you need to be awakened in this season, in this yeah. chapter of life. Um, that's good. And that's like, I think piques my curiosity to say, okay, Jesus, in this season, mm-hmm. where are you at? Like waking yeah. me up yeah. right now that's as good. a 32 year old to where are you at right now in my life? And that, um, almost bring an excitement of that, of where's Jesus right now? Yes, that's good. It made me think of when I was reading the passage of like, how often is Jesus near to me? And I just like, don't recognize Absolutely. that he's near or what he's doing. Absolutely. So true. So interesting to me that on their journey, uh, it's not a story of one person traveling from Jerusalem to yeah. Emmaus. It's a story of two people. Mm-hmm. I mean, so fascinating. There's no awakening in this passage that happens to an individual. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Not that Good. it never happens in scripture, <laughs> but I would take that as um, an analogy that's prescriptive for us. We've saw so much in this podcast about how discipleship's done in community and the road of awakenings when you walk with people. And so I just think that's, you know, if I'm asking, where is Jesus in this season? I have to do that in community. I have to do that Absolutely. with other people. Um, that's where our eyes tend to be opened more, I would yeah. say, is in community. Yeah, that's good. I thought it was interesting, too, how, like, Jesus revealed himself in a familiar way. Yeah. Like, it was only, like, <coughs> a few days prior that they had the Last Supper and that mm-hmm. he, like, broke the bread yep. and poured out and, like, took the cup. So I thought it was so interesting how it was, like, not a way that they wouldn't recognize him, but a way that was, like, familiar to them like they just did this previously i thought that was interesting too and i think it speaks to when you take the flesh of jesus that's when we're awakened i don't know if there's some significance to that moment of him breaking the bread Mm -hmm. which was when he first did it he said this is my body 
take and eat it. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, do it remembering me. Mm -hmm. What one person could argue from that is that today you're more likely to have awakening when we celebrate communion. Mm -hmm. That could be argued from that. Um, my comment on that would be uh, if I actually approach communion that way, I think that's true. Mm. I think if we go into the Lord's Supper actually mm. expecting somebody's going to have so a wake up right now. I actually think that will happen yeah. because yes. awakening is about awareness yeah. and we're raising our awareness in that moment. So I have no problem with that argument by because of expectation. Um, I think when we approach the Lord's table, we should expect for there yeah. to be awakening and um, Chris, so yesterday you led us in communion at church and like you prayed for that. You were praying for, you know, the, the historic phrase for his gifts to be poured out or his Holy Spirit to pour out these gifts of bread and juice. Mm -hmm. And in that you're praying, okay, God, use this simple bread we're breaking yeah. and open somebody's eyes right now. Um, I think what's cool is that creates in us, like John Wesley said, a greater hunger to come to the table. Yeah. yeah. That makes me be like, well, then I want to celebrate communion. Yeah, more yeah, often. Like, that's if this is a means of grace, which he did. Um, yeah, it's exactly right every day. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. If if it is a means of grace, then it is a way we experience God's grace uh, again. Then mm -hmm. every moment that we commune with the Lord yeah. in the context yeah. of community would be, you know, would that would be the experience? Yeah. Um, if we bring our hearts into that, like you say. Yeah. Right? it's almost that, that cost of discipleship mm -hmm. side of things too, you know, and, and the promise that he makes, mm -hmm. you know, when you do this, you will have this, or you will be this, or you will yeah. experience this. I think what stuck out to me too, like in this whole idea of communion, like when he said he was made known to them in the breaking of bread. And then I was thinking about how like acts is like the second volume to Luke and in Acts 2.42, like the famous statement when it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, nice, to the breaking nice. of bread, and to prayer. Like, we we can see at least two times, like, previously, like, in the Gospel of Luke, um, that Jesus revealed himself to them in this way. So I think communion, like, we see it as a way to remember Jesus' body and blood. But I also wonder... Um, if like this was a way in which they truly expected like God to show up and be near to them because yeah. he had just done it to them yeah. two times previously. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I mean, when you say it that way, like it's so funny that it just gives me a different perspective on Acts 242. Mm -hmm. Like I almost yes. wonder if they were there breaking bread and going like, like, do you think yeah. Jesus is going to walk in the room? Yeah. Like, yeah. like yeah. very literally. Yeah. Which maybe is the right perspective to have and heart, but I never would have thought of that. Of like mm -hmm. they just experienced him doing literally that yes. the last couple of times they did this in Luke was like every time they broke bread. Wow. We're being made aware of, I mean, what a powerful image of early church communion and how much we could return to that. Yeah. Um, that's so good. Hmm. How much more powerful can those moments of communion really you know, yeah. be for us? Yeah. My friend, like, I don't know, this is just like a testimony. Like I was with one of my friends in Kentucky recently and um, she's like at Asbury Theological Seminary, like in person. And they're like very big on taking like the daily Eucharist. So like having daily communion. And at the time she had like celiacs. And um, for some reason, she just had a lot of faith that like Jesus was going to heal her through the act of communion. Hmm. And celiacs is like a big deal. Um, and so she had it from the time she was 14. And she said, I think like over a period of a year, she took communion 
pretty much every day and was just like praying for like the healing over her body. And she just said like one day during the daily Eucharist, she just, which is eating bread. And if you have celiacs, you literally can't eat bread because it's gluten. And she just felt like one day the Lord was kind of like whispering to her that she was healed. And so she was like, I just feel like I'm supposed to start eating bread again every day just to see if my body was okay with it. And it's been like two years and she's like, been completely delivered wow, wow. from celiac yeah, through Praise taking God. communion. Praise which, God. I don't know. I've just been amazed at that wow. ever since I heard that. So Praise awesome. God. That's incredible. <laughs> wow. One of the many things I love about Jesus that we see throughout the Gospels, how he engages people with questions. And yeah. maybe that's the counselor in me that really appreciates a great mm-hmm. thought-provoking, open-ended question. But... His questions always move us along, yep. just like they did, like they did here. So we see, you mentioned this earlier, Garrett. They're in community. Nobody experiences awakening in this passage apart from community. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Jesus engaging them in conversation, and um, I just picture them. I just picture Jesus looking at them, as I picture him looking at other people that he encounters. Just not looking past them, but really looking, really seeing them Mm -hmm. and then asking some question to draw them into the conversation, which, which they, they do. I mean, he asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? And I have the new living translation. My version says they stopped short sadness written across their faces. Mm -hmm. And knowing what we know about Jesus, we know that that would not have escaped him. Mm -hmm. Um, And he would have, I picture him being very present in the midst of that, just like Jesus is very present in the midst of our sadness or discouragement when we're on our journey. Absolutely. Yes. But, but he doesn't leave us in those places because we see later as they're talking about, you know, basically where have you been? (laughs) Yeah. You know, this is everything that's happened and they, they recount the story. Then Jesus says to them, you foolish people. You find it so hard to believe all the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things? And then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining Mm. from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. We know at the beginning of this that these are two of Jesus's followers, right? So his words for them fit because they had followed Jesus, so they would have been exposed to that. But even then he didn't Mm. stop there. He then took them back through the things that they needed to learn, took mm-hmm. them back through those many conversations I imagine him having with them before. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that because I know that there are times I miss Jesus right in front of me. Mm-hmm. And so there, there is mm-hmm. a place for correction and there is a place for redirection when we're off track, but it is always unto our continuing growth as a disciple and a follower mm-hmm. of Jesus, just like here. And, and then it makes me wonder what role that played in their eyes being awakened. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there, mm. there's gotta be, there's, there's gotta be some moment where we, where we realize, Hey, here's, here's where we were off base, but the Lord in his kindness wants to take us to a place of deeper devotion to him. Mm-hmm. And so then we have an encounter where we can, Maybe it removes some of the scales from our own eyes, and then, you know, we can see Jesus afresh. Yeah. And I will say too, mm. I think a lot of times in my own journey, 
those times where I have been disappointed or discouraged or weary or whatever, um, it has been a word from the Lord that has been kind and loving, but but also corrective in a hey, we're not we're not going to stay here, Krista. We're going to acknowledge yeah. this, but you've you've been here for a while now, and now we now we need to move on. And it is often out of those those moments of wrestling through that that I come through and feel like I have a clearer clearer vision of who Jesus is. Absolutely. There's a clarity uh, because I have gone through the whole process. I think. In our culture, mm. our society, we want to circumvent the process to get to the product or to mm-hmm. the result. And it just doesn't work like that in our relationship with Jesus. And so mm. I appreciate the whole progression of this Absolutely. passage and reading it in its entirety and how I can see myself at various points along the way, uh, even as they say to each other, didn't our hearts burn within yeah, us as absolutely. he talked on mm-hmm. the road? So even then there was something God was doing, if they said our hearts were burning within us as he was talking to yeah. us on the road, but it was this progression yeah. of, of awakening again. Mm-hmm. It makes me think too, Garrett, of how you said different seasons mm-hmm. of awakening and maybe that's different seasons chronologically, but maybe yeah. within within our own, whatever our circumstances are, we have different moments and seasons of awakening yeah. in that. Let's not, let's not fast track the process. Let's not circumvent part <laughs> of the process because we want to get to the, we want to get to the part that feels better. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I'm preaching a bit to myself right now. Yeah. Sure. If I'm just being honest. Oh. Yeah. 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 It's so interesting, Krista, uh, when you said that Jesus asked them that question, like, what are you talking about? And then he kind of like listens, like a counselor would, like listens to like where they're at. And, you know, we see all these motions of sadness, like they stopped. Mm. Yeah. Like their faces were downcast, some translations <laughs> say. And it's just interesting that like he sits with them, but then like w- later on when you talked about him kind of rebuking them, like how foolish, <laughs> like, I don't know if you guys are this way, but I just hear that. And I'm like, Jesus continues to surprise me. Yes. Honestly, like this is so much, I'm like, that surprises me. So he both sat with them and what they felt. And in the same conversation, the same person like called them so much higher. And that Emily reminds me of so many college nights we've had mm-hmm. so many college nights where like, We've had this conversation so many times, and I would love your thoughts on this, of like so many of our kids kind of grew up with parents that kind of encouraged them like maybe to not feel mm. or like to not engage their emotions. Mm. And then kind of the pendulum has swung in that young generation to like just feel. Yeah. And like, who are you? Like, just what are you feeling today? Be that. And you have often articulated um, in our college ministry that mature discipleship is actually both. Yeah. That it's bringing my feelings to Jesus like this passage, but then not letting my feelings determine where I go and what I do and who I am, that I'm called deeper to the word, like Jesus did in this passage. Um, yeah. And not I don't know. to say, not to say you're not supposed to feel those feelings, right? but process them. Yeah. With Jesus. Right. Bring them to yeah. Jesus and then say, Jesus, what do you do in this? Because I don't think that's just a college thing. No. no. I think that's a yeah. life thing. Yeah. That's human. Yeah. It's a human right. thing. Right. Yeah, totally. I think like just kind of like um, my parents' generation or the older generation would be more in the category where that was like the just pull up your bootstraps and like get over it, like mm-hmm. quit your crying kind of thing. And so we grew up with parents that would send um, similar messages. Um, and so then it's like, oh, you're 24 and you don't know how to deal with 
your emotions and your feelings. But then it's like, but now the younger generation is just like, you can be whatever you want to be. You can do whatever you want to do. You can feel whatever you want to feel. And not that you can't express your emotions or feelings, but kind of what you were saying, Garrett, like Mm -hmm. I feel like a a healthy discipleship would be this middle ground of like, um, I can feel like what I feel, but yeah, I can process that with the Lord and take it to him. And I always like love to reference Psalm 42 is the passage that says, as a deer longs for flowing streams of water, so I long for you, God. I thirst for the living God. When can I come and appear before God? Like my tears have been my food day and night. And like later in the passage, he's like asking his soul, like, why are you so dejected? Why are you in such turmoil? Mm -hmm. Put your hope in God for I will still praise him, my savior and my God. I'm deeply depressed. Therefore, I remember you. So good. The whole passage, I think, is just screaming like, at first, I feel like I used to read this like, oh, is it dear longs for water? Like, I long for you, God. But then I'm like, oh, man, this guy is crying. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's de- his yeah. tears have been his food. Like, he is in a deep state of sadness. And, like, um, he's, like, even asking his soul, like, why are you so upset? Like, why so downcast? But he's saying, like, I'm still going to put my hope in you, God, and remember who you are even on these days where I'm really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, and I just feel like with what Chris is saying about um, Jesus, like sounding like a counselor, like he cares about what was going on. He cared about their emotions mm-hmm. and their feelings and that they were disappointed because they thought Jesus was going to be the one to redeem Israel. Um, but then he was also like brought them right back to the law and the prophets. And he explained to them essentially like, I'm the fulfillment of all these things. Like it had to take hours, I would think, for him to explain all the law and the prophets to him. And Mm -hmm. obviously I feel like they felt like really just in the presence of Jesus. Like often when we feel like, like the Holy spirit moving, like there's some sensation, maybe your heart is pounding or maybe you're crying, like Mm -hmm. physical things were happening um, that they like felt his presence right before them. So I love, um, I just love that, that he, he cares, but he also corrects. Yeah. Yep. When I hear all this, Nathan, what I personal takeaway, just for Garrett, for me, how many encounters with the Lord, like the road to Emmaus, do I miss because of just sitting in my emotions? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wallowing in them. Of like, it's good. I'm sad. I'm whatever. And, and we don't swing the pendulum and say, okay, Garrett, don't feel those. No. Right, right, right. No. They clearly felt those. Say, okay, next time I'm there. Look for Jesus. Yeah. It's a mature thing to do, man. Yeah. Like next time you're in sadness, next time you're in discouragement, feel what you feel. Don't ignore that. But then look for Jesus. And yeah. also trust the the empathy from Jesus. You know, trust that he is right there. Mm-hmm. Trust that he is he's going, I feel that. I feel that with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm right there in that with you. I'm in the middle of that, you know. And because I think, mm-hmm. I think that in and of itself helps us process wow. that there's that someone you're co-regulating those emotions with. You're no longer, that's not just up to you to regulate that emotion. If you, if you process that with Jesus and he is the one you co-regulate with, then, uh, and you sense that he is he is truly empathizing. He's truly mm-hmm. saying, oh, I, I feel that with you. Yeah. 
that that in of itself helps helps us oh, 100%. process yeah. and move yeah. forward. It goes back and to not our, wallow. It goes back to the episode we had about like the the relationship between counseling and prayer mm-hmm. of like how becoming yeah. like praying makes us self aware, yeah. which helps us go to counseling and go, hey, I know what I need because I know me now, and then yeah. that t- helps us know what to take to the Lord in prayer. And it's like yeah. it was both those sides. I think sometimes when we're in this process, we aren't maybe quite sure of ourselves in terms of how long should it take. Some of us oh, go straight so true, to Krista. how do I? Yes, yes, but how do I do that? Mm-hmm. Because I'm typically a yes, but how do I do that? And then I would like to lay out how long it's going to take. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Which is laughable. Yeah, exactly. But I remember having a conversation with somebody maybe ten or fifteen years ago. They were going through a very traumatic, horrendous experience, and they had gotten to the point where because of the betrayal and all that, the the anger was, I mean, it was rising up, understandably so. That's part of it. But, I mean, a person of deep faith, very rooted, thought, well, I don't want to live here. I can't stay yeah. here forever. This is going to eat me alive. Yeah. I mean, emotionally aware and all that, but... Like, what do I do with all this, you know? And I think sometimes we just need some handles on that. Not not to be super legalistic about it or to try to squeeze it into some kind of formula, but we just need something to hold on to as we're walking through some of this. I mean, there's no there's no script for how we manage all of this. And so we've got to have like for me, I have to have handles along the way to help me figure out, okay, yeah. all right, Lord, I'm inviting you in. Mm-hmm. I hear you, but I, I'm, I'm a part of this too, in terms of my, my response. So what does that look like? Yeah. I remember just in, in talking with this person, they just indicated, I don't know how, what, how I know I need to move on. I'm not quite sure how to do that, but I don't want to move. Basically, I don't want to move too fast and I don't want to get stuck. And you know, I just had this picture in my mind of somebody that was going camping. And I said, well, maybe this would be a good rule of thumb. You can pitch a tent there, but you're not calling in the concrete truck to lay a foundation for a house. <laughs> so you, we need to stay there long enough so good. to good. live there and, and, but it's temporary. So good. Camping, tent camping is temporary. I say this like I'm an expert. I did it once when I was in sixth grade as a Girl Scout, and it was horrid. Or sometimes we take the we, we take the tent and fifty bags of quickrete with us. <laughs> There's so many places we could go with this, yeah, right? Dude, yes. No. Yeah. But in theory, I think it works. <laughs> you know, we no, that's we need so to, good. We need to. Prepare for the trip. We need to take what we need for the journey, but we do not live there. That is not where we reside. And so for me, I've gone back to that a lot because in those own places where I think I may tend to get stuck, I think, okay, am I living here or am I just stopped here temporarily? Yeah. And maybe, maybe people listening, you would come up with a different way to word that question, but there's, there's gotta be something to help guide us. We don't want to stay there forever, um, but we don't want to bypass it. For me, I always need some kind of word picture to help me think oh, through. Yeah. Okay, but oh, what yeah. does that really look mm-hmm. like? Like for Krista, day good. in, day out, when I have a situation, like what does that 
What does that look like? Yeah. And it's something that I've applied in my own life, just even recently with the situation that I felt like, okay, it's time, it's time, Krista, for you to have finalized the processing through that. Yeah. We're not, we're mm-hmm. not. We're not laying laying out the the house plans to build a house there. We're gonna yeah. pack up the tent and we're gonna move on. Yeah, yeah. You know? But we have <laughs> to acknowledge it too, yeah. and we can't do that without inviting the Lord into it. Yeah, or not well. I mean, we can do it. <laughs> we we all do it, but we can we don't do it well without inviting yeah. the Lord into mm-hmm. it. Is certainly mm-hmm. a place that he we should give him full access. We should invite him into those places yeah. right. for full access. Yeah, Chris, that is so good. Nobody we trust more. In that is so good. Yeah. The two things I thought of when you said that, one is I love what you said about inviting Jesus in because I think, and it's just by Garrett speaking, my tendency is like, great, then I'm going to like camp there. I'm going to deal with it on my own and then get ready. Whereas mm. no, a more discipleship picture is Garrett, like invite Jesus to camp with you there. Yes. Like he's with me mm-hmm. camping yes. in that place. But there comes a time where it's time to move on. And something in me goes, but I want to set up house here. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to what you've been calling us to lately, Krista, which is that's the point where I say you resigned the right to do that when you became a disciple. Yeah. You resigned your right to say, yeah. no, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to set up house here mm-hmm. when it's time to move on. It's like, no, you don't do that. You're Eastern um, people. Uh, yeah. 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 Greg says often at our Freedom Nights um, Celebrate Recovery community, when he does the introduction on Wednesday nights at Harvest, he'll say, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to bring dead people back to life. Yeah. And that's the freedom that we walk in. Praise God. Right? And so Praise God. there is that whole element again of like post-Easter, we are Easter people, not just the day after Easter or not just Easter that's Sunday. Right. That is that is who we are. That that's is right. our identity. And so that's got to factor in to any point of our journey, uh, whether that's disappointment or rejection or whatever. And joy, too. Like we invite Jesus yes. into all of it. It's not, you know, we don't only invite him into the pain. I think maybe I more readily invite him into the pain mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. into the joy, a practice that I know the Lord is growing me in. You know, and and I don't think we ever get there, but I think we constantly invite him in uh, on our journey, whatever that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So good. That's so good. I feel like I hear you saying like we're not supposed to stay in the valley, but I Mm -hmm. also think the opposite could be true of like the disciples didn't stay on the road to Emmaus with like the presence of Jesus, like where they were just like feeling their hearts burning all the time. Like they also didn't constantly live in that state either. Like, yeah. Like, I love how um, the passage kind of ends with them going back the same hour. Yep. Um, yep. Like, it says that very hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem. They found the 11 and those with them gathered together. And they said, truly, the Lord has been raised and appeared to Simon. So, like, the so, point wasn't for them to stay there either. Nope, like, it nope. wasn't to be in the valley and it wasn't to stay there with Jesus. But it was to, like, then go and tell their Share people, it. like... This is true. Like Jesus is the risen Lord. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Man. I just see that beautiful picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so good. <laughs> and human tendency is to always want to stay there. Yeah. The valley or the mountain. I'm just thinking about Wherever Peter and the transfiguration. Yes. Yes. Yep. Oh, 100%. here we are, yes. Lord. Let's set up yep. tents here. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. I mean, that is our human tendency. Oh, right? it is. And so that is why I think about the proverb, you know, iron sharpens iron. That... 
Can we just go back again and talk about the importance of community that will never become a tired topic here on this podcast (laughs) because it is essential. You know, as I think about like walking away from this podcast and saying, how do we, what do we do? How we change our lives? Um, what one thing I keep thinking is, you know, for the young person listening that maybe feels like Emily described them like, Hey, I had parents that didn't help me feel and I've kind of swung the pendulum and like, okay, if somebody's listening, who's in that spot and they're hearing the life of mature discipleship, you're describing Emily, but they're not there yet. One, I think it'd be awesome for you to pray for them Mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. I think that'd be really fitting just to say a prayer for them that God would help them in that. And then two, I would say to that person, um, you know, you climb mountains with first steps. And so I would say like, Hmm. if I were you, I would choose one time this week that you're sad or self-pitiful or self-focused. Choose one time that happens and in that one time, feel it and then let it go and invite God into it. Hmm. And just in that moment, try one time this week that your emotions don't dominate what you do in that moment. Ask the spirit to lead you in that moment. And I think over six months, one time a week becomes two times a week. And it yeah. becomes three times a week. And then it becomes foreign to you to react selfishly in the midst of sadness. And so that's what I would say to somebody listening that I think choose one time this week where your emotions would normally derail your discipleship. And mm-hmm. in that moment, invite God into that. And yeah. And it can be as simple as Jesus. I feel sad. Yeah, Exactly. Mm-hmm. But right there, you just invited him into that. Yeah. yeah. You just by saying that. Good. You yeah. refused to turn inward. You turned up and right. said it. Mm. It's a psalm movement, a song of ascents. Jesus, yeah, do that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and just as David, you know, took his emotions to God, he, he you, you see the second half. But you, O oh Lord, mm-hmm. are all these things. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? and he just reminds yeah. us. So he, t- he tells his soul to bless the Lord. Yeah. You know, in the midst of mm-hmm. that fear, that anger. Isn't it funny how the older we get, the it's not the less I need to go back and remember God's faithfulness. I need to remind my soul, maybe more. Oh, oh absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. I think part of that is when we when we have encountered the healing and redemption of the Lord in our own lives, I think we I think we approach life differently. Um, we look at things differently. I mean, we still get caught up in all the distractions and all the shiny things in life. But, you know, I'm just thinking about, Emily, as you were talking about the end of this passage, they went and they very quickly had to go share that. I mean, there's something about encountering Jesus, being awakened to his presence in our lives, being healed and redeemed by him that is for our benefit, but is never solely for our benefit. Mm-hmm. It is to be yeah. shared. That's right. And so when we have truly encountered that, we just can't hold it in. I mean, that's the hope, right? Yeah, it is good news after all. Yeah. You know, and this, yeah, this is a, a message series about joy. Yeah. And what comes at the at the end of that, uh, regardless of where we are in life and what we've experienced. And I'm with you, Garrett. I need it. I need more reminders. Yep. Than ever before. And I don't see that as a sign of defeat. Uh, yeah, I agree. Right. I agree. Yeah. That yep. is more of 
Yep. Wow, Lord, maybe may, you are drawing my heart closer to you. There is fruit in my life. And yeah. I see little glimpses of that. And I want more of that. That's right. You know, every bit as much at 50 as I did at 40. It just looks different now. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And Very how, much victory. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It is a it is a victory cry. Not yeah, a absolutely. Not a not a whimper of defeat. That's mm. not the life that he has called us yeah. to. Right. And and what a gospel perspective though. To say, as I get older, yes, the more I need to be reminded of God's faithfulness. But wow, wow, the sweetness yeah. of welcoming those moments, even very Brother Lawrence-esque, falling in yeah. love with even the realization yeah. that I need more of God, yeah. that, yeah. that is God's grace. And yeah. I love that. And maybe it's that because I have lived more years, I have had more experiences where he has entered into my disappointment and my frustration mm-hmm. and all that. And it just becomes... It just really becomes sweeter and sweeter every time. It really does. It just, like, I'm almost moved to tears now just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His kindness and goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And that is a place of deep joy, a deep well of joy mm-hmm. and peace and hope that yeah. the world doesn't get to take away. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, nobody takes that away. We lay that aside. That's not anything that gets taken away from us. That yeah. is something that we mm-hmm. hold on to. Emily, would you lead us in prayer for that? She's praying for the person that's listening that maybe feels like they're right there. Yes. Lord, I thank you that you've met me so many times um, in Psalm 42. God, thank you that you've met me so many times in um, just deep sorrow and sadness. God, I thank you that there's joy in the morning. Mm -hmm. And um, God, we just pray for anyone listening, maybe that's in a season of... um, sadness or just saying, Jesus, where are you in this? And God, I just pray that um, in their sadness, would there just be a revelation of Jesus? God, Mm -hmm. we just pray that you would draw near. um, Just like you did. Yeah. Thank you that as we draw near to you, you draw near to us. And God, Mm -hmm. thank you that in this passage, you were were near before they even knew you were there, God. And so we Mm -hmm. just trust you um, to do the same for all of our stories. God, we just pray. yeah, just for the listener who feels like they're in a deep depression and can't get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, God, would they invite you into their story? Right we thank you that you're the great I am. God, you're the great healer. Mm-hmm. Um, God, we thank you that you are wonderful counselor. And um, Praise God. yeah, God, we just trust you to meet everyone in their stories. And thank you that um, we don't have to just ignore what we feel, like get over it mm-hmm. um, or just be like, oh, trust the Lord. But like, Lord, we really can trust you in our deepest sorrows right. mm-hmm. um, with the deepest cries of our hearts, God. Mm-hmm. So I just pray that um, would we just even be open to you meeting us in our Praise deepest God. sorrows Praise and our God. deepest pains, God. Would you just um, would you just touch hearts, God? Would you bring yes, your healing, God? Would you just bring your presence? Um, yeah. Would you just come near? Yes. And God would, um, just anyone listening, God, would we remember you? Even as we don't understand why our soul feels the way it does, God, would you just remind listeners who you've been to them in the past, God, and um, just of your character, oh Lord. Thank you that you're trustworthy. God, thank you that you love to come near and meet us with your presence. And thank you that you love to fill us with joy. And so we just ask for that in Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. 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 Wow. Thank you guys so much. Emily, just... um, Thank you for your ministry here. Yes. 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 Thank you. Thanks yes. for being here with us today. Right. And 
and uh, and we're praying for you. We're lifting you up as uh, as this next season yeah. is coming. That's right. We're praying for you uh, with all your you know the seminary. Mm-hmm. Um, praying that God just continues to guide you and and give you the grace to to get through all that. And then the house projects, and of course the dog and heat. <laughs> Thank you. I Lord, receive all of those prayers. Our prayer. <laughs> so, but but uh, but thanks so much for joining us today. Yes, it's been awesome you. to have Thank you. Thank you. And uh, hopefully, hopefully uh, after Asbury Academy is over, we'll have you back. Awesome. Uh, tell us can't wait, yes, please. Can't yes. wait to hear about yeah. it. Awesome. Well, thanks again. See you guys. See ya. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Y'all, that was so good. Thanks again for joining the conversation. As always, if you have any thoughts or questions for us, please send those to podcast at weareasbury.com. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. And if you need more information about Asbury, want to listen to a past message or join us live on Sundays at nine for mobile worship, or if you'd like to support us financially, you can find all that at weareasbury.com. Please share our podcast with a friend or family member so you too can start a conversation with those in your circle. My thanks to Garrett and Krissa and of course, Emily Jacqueline Ishi for joining us today. And thank you for being a part of this journey with us as well as we live real life with each other, full life with God and kingdom life on earth. See you next time.